0: Hey everyone, Liam here from CinePunks. Thank you for listening. I wanted to jump on really quick uh, with a quick message before you heard this episode. This episode was recorded before uh, the murder of George Floyd and the various uprisings across the country. Uh, In fact, this episode was ready to be dropped right around the time that those uprisings were really uh, taken off. And so part of the reason this is being released this week is we felt that releasing something that completely did not acknowledge uh, the tragedy of his murder and that had no content in it related to those events, it just seemed like a bad time to do that. Hopefully now when we're releasing it, which should be a good two weeks later, it feels less frustrating to hear something that is so unrelated, maybe it's even a... Welcome distraction to hear us talking in a world that uh, this hasn't gone down in yet. However, in a sense, that doesn't really mean anything, right? George Floyd got enough people paying attention that the protests started, and we're starting to see more and more of what the police are actually like. However, there were plenty of people before that. George Floyd wasn't the first time that we saw evidence of. The systemic racism in our system, or of the brutality with which the police enforce a lot of that racism, honestly. Um, however, it is true that things have been tense, and so we felt like was it wasn't a good time to release the episode. Again, hopefully now it is, uh, but that's why we don't say anything during the episode about it. You know, forgive us that, and hopefully this is still a great conversation with Andrew. Uh, I kind of wish we had had him on after only because he's a lawyer and so he'd have uh, great insight as a public defender as to uh, the sorts of things that play right now but like I said it wasn't something on our minds when we recorded it so thank you so much for checking it out please tell your friends about us and we really appreciate you and hope you enjoy this episode stay safe y'all take care <laughs>
1: My name is Josh Alvarez, and I'm Liam O'Donnell, and you're listening to episode 113 of Cinepunks.
2: Cinepunks.
1: So today on the show we have a very special guest who's very close to my heart, Mister Andrew Wilbrock, Esquire, uh, is our guest for today. Hooray! Hey yeah. What's, going on? What's up, Andrew?
2: How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Josh, do you, you
0: get excited? Us? Do you get excited to say Andrew's name just so you can say Esquire at the end and have it be like a real thing?
1: I, it's so cool. <laughs> I so feel like you cool. need
2: the middle initial if you're going to get really excited about that. You got to uh, <laughs> Theodore S. Preston. It. <laughs>
1: yeah, man, that's my dude. It's like it's just funny because me and Andrew have been in a band now for like four years, and uh, easily it's being in a band with with Andrew is one of the best parts about being in a band like it's the most fun and it's like I get to be like emotionally honest and like creatively um I don't know what the word would be but I definitely feel like uh being in a band with Andrew is one of the best things about being in a band overall just in general and Andrew's awesome you're one of my favorite people in the world, Andrew. I'm I'm quite sure you knew that. I'm sure that's very apparent. I'm just saying though, for the record, for all the listeners out there, Andrew's my homeboy. He keeps laying him, it
2: on. That's what I'm here for.
1: That's what I'm saying, <laughs> oh, man. God. That's what it is. I mean, Liam's <laughs> pretty cool too, but you know, he's no Andrew. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: I mean I mean, having having dealt with trying to schedule with you for this podcast, I feel like Andrew must be a saint because <laughs> running a band where you guys were after practice and play shows, and you've recorded multiple things, man, I don't know how he does it. I would have quit by now.
2: Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, the trick is just not giving Josh any choices? That's good. Yeah, and it works. <laughs> it totally works. Yeah.
1: That's why we call him Band Dad. Just saying. <laughs>
0: also, because he's a true daddy, if you know what I'm saying. That's him. Huh? That's our boy. Actually, huh? yeah,
1: I'll, I'll say it. That's true.
0: <laughs> huh. <laughs> I think I was supposed to say "zaddy" there, actually, but I—I'm I, not—I don't actually know what any of these things mean, so I'm kind of just getting yeah, just you stuff German
2: Justin Lore says is that like, like we pretend we know and we're talking to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So anyway, so Andrew is our guest today, and um, before we get started on our conversation, we first would like to thank uh, all of our Patreon subscribers and thank um, our beautiful sponsors at xlvacx.com at the lehigh valley apparel creations if you are in the valley and you need promotions for things which you know i guess sounds a little ridiculous during this day and age of quarantine and all that stuff but it's not ridiculous i assure you um you would you would be wise to hit up the lehigh valley apparel creations
0: i mean you don't have to be in the valley they ship pretty far out um and i think now is the perfect time if you have a band You probably aren't playing shows. Now's the time to sell some limited edition T-shirts. If you're running a podcast, your downloads are down because people aren't commuting anymore. Then, uh, you know, maybe they'll want to pick up some merch from you. Maybe you need some tote bags or some shit. Like, just whatever it is, you know, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations has got you. And granted, things are running a little slow right now, but they're still getting some orders done. And uh, even if you put in an order now, it might take a while to get there, but you know that you're supporting a small business... Uh, a, a really DIY business and keeping them afloat during a tough time and helping them take care of their employees and, and all that kind of stuff. And they, they will be opening up I think pretty soon um, though they're still pretty responsible so ro- I don't know that response time will be as fast as it once was just because I think they're going to like do like rotating staff and you know not let people visit the mm. shop and they're doing a lot of like measures to keep everyone safe because even though you know they got to print shirts to live that doesn't mean they got to risk their life doing it. If you know what I'm saying?
1: Mm, Absolutely. So Chris rejects our friend and we love him and, um, you know, supporting him is supporting a good thing. So that's why, you know, we give him a shout out. So big up to them and also big up to, again, all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for, uh, during this uh, difficult time to still be, uh, giving us your money. (laughs) Shit is awesome. Thank you so much.
0: It's really great. We really appreciate you all. And, uh, I'm not going to say anything about Patreon content because we keep saying it and then it's not happening. But it will, it will happen. <laughs> you just said it. You
1: just did. Dang it! it. No, I can't <laughs> help it.
0: So anyway, so what are we? What are we talking about this episode, huh?
1: This episode is dedicated to two movies that Andrew picked. You want to talk about them real quick, Andrew? Why'd you pick them?
2: Sure. So I, I chose uh, Extraction and Spencer Confidential. Uh, my theory was to try and dumb down your podcast a little bit and uh, go for made-for-Netflix action movies, uh, but after watching them, I, I think I might have failed a little bit. Uh, I mean, one's a little better than the other, but uh, I think what the genre should be called now is like machete-wielding gang member movies. I'm into that as so a genre. They, they kind of had that in common, and that's the kind of it.
0: <laughs> let me let me be let me be clear here andrew uh you could not possibly the harder you tried dumb down this project that's not, yeah man that's that's not good. within your power but i will <laughs> say that we tend to uh, i know my bias is i these sorts of mindless action films, Josh will tell you, I prefer the ones from the 70s that uh, tend to feature more nudity and gore than these films do. These are like <laughs> these are like the, the 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 kiddie glove versions of things I already like because they're made by Netflix and Netflix is afraid of humanity. So, so they're, my, they're my a little bit sanitized.
2: My go-to is usually uh, stuff you would have found in a blockbuster pre-owned bin in like 2001. Oh, I uh, know. And it's amazing. That's so, awesome. Starring like washed up <laughs> UFC fighters. Yeah. Um, anything where the helicopter explodes off screen, and they just like kind of light a lighter <laughs> to like make you think that it was an explosion.
0: Yo, me and Josh, we've we've done the PM Entertainment episode, which is like we just have, a yeah. just a generation before the time period you're describing. So I think uh, I think that sort of low budget thing is is up our alley. Though I will say, I would argue that both these films have pretensions, whether they get there or not, to be way more than what you're describing. I think they oh, both absolutely. take themselves. Very seriously, and one of them is justified in doing that, and the other one is definitely not. And uh, well, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say which because that's a spoiler. We'll get there.
2: <laughs> I, I agree completely. <laughs> but, oh but man,
0: go ahead. Uh, but before no, we jump no. in, before we jump into this, I think uh, there's something we need to do, right, Josh? What is the we talk? We do the intro. We thank uh, the Patreon supporters. Wait, let me, who we let me love. go.
1: Let me go through the checklist. All right, L V A C. Yeah. yeah saying good things about Chris Reject because it happens so rarely. Got it, got yeah, it. he's a monster. Um, uh, and then what is that other thing that happens here? You know, uh, it's funny, Liam. As the days pass, I just forget what's going on anymore anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure something happens here that's called, um, what's it called, Liam?
0: I think it's called Whack, whack
1: it and On track. track! So, Andrew, have you done anything recently that is whack and or on track?
2: So I've been in my house a lot, like I think most people. So I've watched a lot of good movies. Um, nice. Sonic the Hedgehog was wonderful.
1: <laughs> yeah, you enjoyed it? Oh, I, my God. I really
2: did. Um, Jim Carrey <laughs> actually seemed like he had fun. Um, another kind of cool thing that's been going on, uh, there is this North Jersey pop punk Facebook group. So like covers 1994 to 2002. And every three or four weeks, they've been doing like a live stream where they uh you know actually put shows on put posters together, and like people play acoustic in their houses, um but it's a bunch of, like Mike sure. Yerg and Jonah Matrango played last night, so it's been pretty cool, oh that's
1: pretty it's awesome. the closest
2: we'll probably get to go into a show for a while, so it's been and you can like chat on the screen while they're playing and they can see it, so that's, that's been pretty cool. cool, yeah, that's been pretty cool um other than that I've just been been hanging out, really yeah, having
1: me and Andrew have been actually recording uh one off cross keys covers here and there and just uh we've been trying to get back in the groove of writing but um for now, given that that's been proven to have its own technical difficulties, we've been recording just songs here and there and uh let me tell you Andrew, it's been giving me life I fucking love it it's been so much fun and just ridiculous to do covers that like most people are like. I don't know if they, they think of us when they think of these songs, but I definitely think we throw people for loops here and there. But uh, yeah, Angie's been orchestrating the whole thing and it's been awesome. I've been having so much fun doing those things. Just saying.
2: Yeah, that's, just saying. that's been a lot of fun. My, my work opens back up next week. So, you know, physically I'll have to go in occasionally. Can You're we, let's do- talk,
1: before we get into further, let's talk about a little bit about what your work is, as it's very important.
2: Um, so I'm an assistant district attorney. And I work in what's called a conviction integrity unit. So I review cases involving wrongfully convicted individuals or people who are alleging they are wrongfully convicted. And we investigate those cases and try and make sure the justice was done, whether it was a mistake that occurred 30 years ago or last week. That's awesome, man.
1: And has it been like really busy during this time or no?
2: Um, like, w- we've been able to focus on a lot of reviewing cases that... Uh, are mostly on paperwork, so we've had a lot of time to catch up on a lot of backlog we've had, because as you can imagine, we get a lot of people writing into us.
1: Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome, man. You've definitely been doing a lot of amazing work and getting, like, um, Terrence, like, that the gentleman that you had exonerated after how many years was it? Uh, 21. Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, wrongfully imprisoned for 21 years, right? That was and the deal? Of, and, and kind of fun story about him, he grew up across the street from the kill time. Oh, man. Um, And he is hes two years older than me, so he's really, he's your age. He's 40, 41 right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would always ask him, like, you ever see, like, a bunch of, like, punk kids hanging out at this spot? He's like, I always wondered what that was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's always funny when you hear those different perspectives on what it is that we were at that time. (laughs) And people, like, non-involved, like, Mm -hmm. non-combatants being like, well, I don't know, there's a bunch Mm -hmm. of white kids here. And they all have ugly tattoos. I don't really know what's going on, but okay, as long as they don't break anything. So, I don't know. That makes, always makes me chuckle, I'm going to say.
2: <laughs> but here you go. I, got, I got, got one whack for you. Go ahead. Hit me. I got, I got hip surgery on Tuesday. Oh, so lame.
0: How? Yeah. Why? You're so young.
2: Yeah, my, uh, my hip bones on the end of my femur are not quite the round shape that you would picture. So, uh. I, they got to go and shave them down a little bit. Oh, my goodness.
1: So yeah. that's coming this Tuesday.
2: This coming Tuesday. It should be pretty quick. Uh, i got to be at the hospital at 5 a.m. I'm guessing I'll be home by noon. Ugh. Yeah.
1: Man, that sucks, dude. Tell, tell everybody how you broke the knee, though. That's one of my favorite Andrew Worldbox stories.
2: Well, so I'm going to blame that on the hip, but um, <laughs> physically what happened is I was Muay Thai kickboxing with um, a young lady of indeterminate age. um i believe she's probably now 16 at the time she was 14 (laughs) Um, and i threw a kick and missed because she's really fast and uh my acl exploded (laughs)
0: jesus
1: (laughs) it was brutal it took andrew out for like months but uh but you came back stronger than before still able to jump high enough to kick me in the shoulders when we're playing shows together so you know most
2: most of that was before the surgery because T- apparently an ACL is like an optional thing like an appendix. So Whoa. I was able to just put a knee brace on and uh still jump.
1: And back to business like as that, usual. that photo
2: on the inside of our record is uh is no uh no ACL.
1: Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty damn high. Pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all right. So that's what you got, whacking on track. That was that's that's it. All right. Liam, would you like to go next or you want me to go next?
0: I'll go because I have also not a ton of stuff to share. Um, unfortunately, I haven't really been able to watch a whole lot because, um, you know, I, I, between childcare and Rough Cut and then recording for three podcasts, I don't have as much free time as I would generally like. Uh, I will say... Um, uh, a few people hit me up and let me know that they checked out that show, We're Here, off of my recommendation on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really appreciate that because they really like the show, and that made me happy to know that I had gotten people interested in something. Um, another thing that we are watching that I think people might enjoy is uh, the – what is his name? The gentleman who does Rick and Morty who is not Dan Harmon. Uh,
1: uh, Justin just
2: um Justin. Justin Roiland yeah Roiland yeah, that's it. yeah I, I think it's a solar opposites
0: yeah I, I'm really digging that solar opposite show that that's <laughs> that's really working for me and, and I went in a little skeptical because uh, I wasn't sure how that dude could do on his own you know Rick and Morty is pretty funny but it's I'm not as obsessed with it as a lot of people are so I was like I don't know if this is going to work for me but I've really been enjoying it I think it really works and I think it's worth checking out. Um, Other than that, I've mostly been checking out the same stuff as usual, so I don't have a lot of on track. Uh, I did have one podcast-related on track. Uh, There's a show that's relatively new on Maximum Fun called Fanti. that is, you know, uh, it's like a pop culture show, but it's specifically focused on um, pop culture figures that are enjoyable but maybe you have issues with, you know? So it's like Mm. you're a fan, but maybe you're a little anti – And uh, I like the show. I I like uh, the hosts a lot. Um, They don't always cover stuff I'm super interested in, but they've covered a few things, including uh, your beloved Drag Race uh, came up. Um, But they just did an episode where they literally just talked about any negative feedback they got. And it was just their episode of like addressing ways that they've succeeded and addressing ways that they've failed. And I thought for a show that touches on some like sensitive topics and it's not a political show. It's definitely more of a culture show, but you know, there's politics and culture. Um, it, I, I can imagine it being really hard to say like, yeah, we screwed that up or, Oh yeah, that could have been better. But they, the whole show was just acknowledging that. And I just thought that was a really like brave thing to do. Uh, and it came off really well and, and really got, you know, all each of those sort of uh, areas was then an opportunity for, conversation about the topic itself like well what how did we how could we have handled that better and i just think that was just really inspiring to me as someone who you know i'm on multiple shows i run a network that has multiple shows and i get anxiety of like what if we you know what if we piss people off or what if we do this you know and knowing like yeah you could just like say sorry and keep it moving you know what I mean like yeah, you could just yeah, be yeah. honest about who you are and own your mistakes is like oh right you can I know that intellectually but it's hard to feel that emotionally and seeing it mm. uh, m- seeing it uh, modeled really was like I don't know it was cool and it was just a fun episode like they're they're funny folks so I appreciate that as well so anyways uh, for those of you who, who want um, uh, another pop culture podcast I, I recommend Fanta. It's it's really good um, other than that, you know the the best parts of my week are hanging out with my daughter uh, and and seeing her get talky and tall, which is weird because I'm not tall. so <laughs> it's weird she's getting tall for a three year old. I assume she's gonna like get to this height and then just stop and then just be short for the rest of her life. So we'll <laughs> uh, and, and uh, but the you know, so but there's not a lot else going on. I will say that also means I don't have any whack. I haven't had everything I've had made time to watch has been good. Uh, I haven't checked out any new comics or anything like that there's like not a lot of new media coming into my life um, so uh, you know I don't have anything negative to say uh, but you know keep, keep you know I, I'm keeping an eye out I, I might have some there, some whack I will say is that there's been some um, uh, real conflict on Twitter lately around other websites and sort of a a, a real like conservative thing that might be uh, Sort of playing out in horror, whether that's some mm-hmm. stuff that uh, Joe Bob Briggs has said or other websites or and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rebeller site, all that stuff. Um, that bums me out. I don't like that I have to worry about the same sorts of – like. The, and, Josh, you understand this. Like, Why does everything that we participate in also have to have so many assholes?
1: Yeah, I know. It's like being a black metal fan in 2020. And you're know. playing. You're essentially playing a game of which one's the racist, you know what I mean? That's never fun, never fun, especially if you can't really understand the lyrics to begin with, and you have to do a lot more research, which, you know, I don't know. Not my favorite time. Not my favorite time. At this point, it's yeah. almost easier just to listen to bands that I already like and I know aren't racist, or... Not listen to new black metal, (laughs) which, you know, (laughs) that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I'm like, you know what, man? I get it. I'm good. I'm good. I'll just listen to the Sun record for the 30,000th time or whatever else, and it's fine. But I get it, man. I get it. It sucks. I just,
0: you know, I, I just wish, I just, I'm not surprised there are different people than me. It's more that I wish folks who I feel like are on the same page as not just me, but us, uh just had a little more gumption to say so or to to whatever but i also think like for us and for cinepunks it it causes me less to want to like go after someone's neck you know um Mm. because there's a lot of people already doing that but it makes it be like yo, i wish we had time to put out even more positive stuff you know put out more stuff that like is the stuff that we care about you know what i mean because Mm, i feel like that's, that's even a much better, to take up more air is an even better antidote than to yell. Though, you know, all respect to everybody yelling, and I'll yell sometimes too. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> above putting someone on blast on Twitter. But I just know, like, That's, long- been, the, um,
2: that's been the crazy thing about all of this is, like, yeah. p- your, your friends are being exposed on the internet for, you know, the crazy stuff they actually believe in. Like, when that pandemic video went wild... I I was amazed how many, how much that showed up in my feed from people who, you know, have education, would think better of, and then it's like, do you write these people out of your life because they're clearly insane or like, are they salvageable? That's been, that's been one of the tougher things to watch throughout all this.
1: Yeah, no, I would totally agree. When you realize that certain people have certain ideals, you're like, wait a minute, dog, this goes contrary to like everything we've built together. Right. And it's really, really frustrating. I don't know. How do you deal with it, Andrew? Like in your position, I'd I'd imagine it's a lot more people for you because you work in that sector of yeah. like actual public policy and all this stuff. Like, is it a, is it a weirder thing for you? Uh,
2: I mean, I tend to keep an eye on people, so you know, I don't remove anyone from like my social media feed because I want to know who the crazy people are around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that you know adds to different kinds of anxiety levels and makes oh, it totally. a harder to escape your like day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you deal with something crazy during the day and you have to watch it all night on social media because that's a little harder to tune out throughout all of this, it gets a little difficult.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, not my favorite, not my favorite time.
0: I mean, I'll be honest, it's just an issue. For me, it's partly an issue of how antagonistic somebody is. Like, I'm willing to, you know, know someone who I don't agree with on everything, but it's a lot different to have someone who's looking to... to. Um, come at everyone you know what i mean like to to win some sort of thing i'm like uh i don't know i don't know how much harassment i need to voluntarily subject myself to like i'm kind of a little like uh, iffy on that you know
2: yeah i I tend i don't i don't really confront it i just kind of watch
0: yeah i think sometimes
2: fix some stupidity
0: there's just some stuff though where it's like i I can't help myself. I'm going to say something. And so then it's just an issue of, is this someone I can actually have a conversation with? Or is this going to be just me slamming my face against the wall? Um, yeah. and, and don't be wrong. There are plenty of situations where I think, like, slamming against the wall is the right thing to do. Like, But, you know, my social media feed is not actually a form of protest. So, you know, it'd be different. Like, I, I'm more than willing to go down to City Hall or wherever and yell. But, like, you know, I don't know how far I'm getting on Facebook if I'm doing that, you know. Yeah, and then
2: you know, what's your energy better spent doing? You know, spending yeah. time with your family or getting stressed out over someone with way too much time on their hands. Right. Mm. But hey, on a more um, on a more fun note, we're gonna dive into one of your on tracks. D- did you watch? Uh, did you watch this week's Rick and Morty? No. Yeah. Oh man, it it is up there with like Futurama's Jurassic Bark episode. It <laughs> is <good>. so emotional. <laughs>
1: No spoilers. No spoilers. But it's it's emotional. Yeah. All right. See that's the thing. Rick and Morty is definitely one of those things where the culture surrounding it is a lot more frustrating than the actual product. And uh sometimes it's hard for me to separate the two. You know what I mean? Just because it's like uh it's like a Spencer gift store in the Cherry Hill Mall suddenly came to life and now like is talking to me on Twitter and it's it gets frustrating from
2: time to time. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like that whole I do, like I didn't watch it for the longest time because I was sick of people telling me it was like Back to the Future. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> listeners,
1: I don't know if you know, but uh, uh, Andrew has an entire uh, leg sock dedicated to Back to the Future, but just Back to the Future one, right, Andrew? It's only the first
2: one. Yes, but it is two legs. Oh, a double leg, a double sock <laughs> tattoo <laughs> done by uh, Shane Bonham <laughs> up at Valor Tattoo in uh, Feasterville. Big up to
1: Shane Bonham, friend of the show, and friends to the friends to our bands, you know? Dude's awesome. Great tattooer. Great tattooer. <laughs> All right. So for me, my whacking on track, uh, I don't know if you gentlemen know, I'm actually coming to you live from the Chattanooga Film Festival, which I purchased a badge for in order to be able to stream for this entire weekend with me and Melani. Yeah. And so um, we started yesterday, and uh, I had to work yesterday, so I didn't get a chance to get in at the early stuff. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but for me, I know it, it might be a pub- matter of public record, but it's very difficult for me to participate or watch even Q and a stuff with directors and talent. You know what I mean? Because for the most part, I don't really, I mean, like every single time I've been to a and a, it never ended well, except for the Jim Jarmusch one for dead. Don't die. I thought that one was fun. But, like, for the most part, every single one that I've been to has been super-duper frustrating. And that's across, like, categorically across all film festivals I've ever been to. And uh, so I'm not trying to, like, listen in on any of those conversations. Although, um, former guest of the show and friend of the show, Mr. Al White, uh, did a uh, panel yesterday on um, music and film, I believe, was his. Yeah, I think so. so. I'm not – I mean, like, again, I didn't see it. And – Again, since I worked all day yesterday, I didn't really get a chance to get in on any any too much stuff yesterday. But we did see – the first thing we started with was a short called The Haunted Swordsman. And um, that was uh, all puppets. And it's like – because like – so the Chattanooga Film Festival, uh, it's also spo- – is it sponsored or curated by, by Goldblum? Do you know, Liam?
0: Oh, he, he came on as one of the curators and he set up a lot of the so, like – big live events like the Guar thing and the iced tea thing. Those were all, uh, Goldblum.
1: Yeah. So Goldblum, again, former guest of the show and a friend to both of us, Josh Goldblum, he's curated this entire amazing list of genre films. And, um, there's like, it's broken up into shorts and then there's like a vinegar syndrome tab. It's all online at this point, which is, I've never seen a film festival this way. Um, so it's definitely a new experience. It's funny. I was just, I was just telling me, about how, um, every time we do these like marathon film festivals, I'm always like, yo, this is so much fun, but I wish I were home. Now I'm home and I'm doing it. And I'm like, yo, I kind of wish I was here with a whole bunch of nerds as well. You know what I I mean? agree. Like, I agree. It's such a strange, like dissonance to the normal film festival experience. Then it's like, I mean, like to be, to be fair, like the, even the last Philadelphia film festival had a bunch of like, just a bunch of shitty people there that you're like, I, I just don't you're not here for normal films why are you taking up like four seats in this small theater now to see these weird movies that no one knows about like it's frustrating but uh that said there's a communal aspect to viewing movies and mass like this and um yeah that that's I mean I'm happy I'm, trust I, I love watching movies with my wife and like that's one of my favorite things in life but uh also there's that just that missing like element of theaters and all that stuff which you know I guess that goes without being said so that's kind of a a no duh. But that said so we watched uh The Haunted Swordsman which was total puppets uh, about a a swordsman who uh, has to go find it, it's, it seems like it'll be the first part to a longer series but it, the puppetry is amazing in it and it looks it looks fantastic. And then uh, we watched Vinegar Syndrome offered a movie called Berserker, filmed in 1987, about a group of teens that go camping in the woods and get attacked by a bear. Or is it? And um, it's super cheesy but super fun in the way 80s slasher movies are. And um, the, one of the characters in there is named Pap Nykvist. He's like a, a Swedish campground keeper guy. It's pretty fun. So uh, we watched that, and then um, I was working through another movie that was called. Um, hold on, let me look. It was a. It's a vampire movie, as far as I could tell. It's called uh, *Climate of the Hunter*, and um, I only managed to get halfway through it, and then I like fell asleep and didn't get back to it yet. So I'm still watching that one, but that one's is okay. It's um it's a little bit more of a strange storyline. So um, I'm looking forward to watching more of the movies that they have up streaming for this weekend, and I'm pretty excited to, uh, to see all like, new horror stuff that we haven't seen. There, there's, um, they're doing the first two episodes of the Creep Show series that Shudder did with uh, director commentary by, um, I believe it's with Greg Nicotero and the person who directed the second one. I'm not sure what his name is. But um, that's pretty cool. I'm going to check that out. And then they have a documentary about Lucio Fulci called Fulci for Fake which I'm really excited about, as, uh, as everybody who's a longtime listener of the show knows. I'm a huge Lucio Fulci fan. So there's a lot of really good content. The badge for the weekend, it's like $10 a day or $30 for all three days or whatever. So um, if you if it's something that interests you, I would suggest going to. It's ChattanoogaFilmFest.org. And, um, yeah, it's mostly genre film, and it's super-duper fun. So that's definitely on track for me. Um other things that are on track i've been listening non-stop to that new um perfume genius record which i think we talked about on the last episode we did we did but man as i as i move further into it i love it so much um it's really been, good last week uh, a band that the crosskeys played with in dc called teen cobra released a new ep called social piranha and it's uh, five songs of a duo from D.C., and they, it, the record's really fun, and I really like that a lot, so I've been digging on that pretty much. And,
2: um, yeah, yeah that's, that, band, that band was awesome.
1: They are super cool, right? Like, it's, it was a husband and wife team, and the, they both sing, and the wife plays the drums, and the husband plays, like, Rocket from the Crypt-style guitar and sings, and they were super fun to watch. and They were super, Argentinian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was they're from D.C. though, right? Like, didn't they live there? They or live something?
2: in D.C. now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they just put out a
1: new. Did you get a chance to check that out, Andrew?
2: No, I didn't yet. Yeah, it's i haven't super, really listened is, to too much new music.
1: No. Oh yeah, no. I've been I've been trying, you know. But uh, yeah, no, that's been really good, and also just like going through old Britpop stuff this week. Just because that new Sleaford Mods came out, it's actually a comp of all their old stuff and or just a lot of seven inches and remixes and everything. It just kind of had me thinking more about like other British music that I used to love. So I've been getting into electronic a little bit this week and some Charlatans records, and that's been pretty fun as well. So um, so that has been on track for me. And uh, as far as whack goes, I mean, other than, you know. Um, I can't say that they Oh, you know, it's been really whack, and I, I want to talk to you guys about this. Tell me what you guys think about this. So, last... Earlier this week, my brother comes up to me, and he was just like, dude, this person who used to be my homeboy from back in the day, that, like, fucked me over pretty pretty good, you know, he's coming back at anthony on the social media and just being like hey man i just want you to know i'm really sorry about way things were back then and i feel really bad about all that, and it was all my fault and uh i just wanted to apologize and uh all this other stuff so anthony was like yo he totally came at me on social media and was like yeah i just want to apologize to you and your family and all that stuff and um anthony looks at me after he says all this stuff he's like so what are you going to say anything to him or are you going to approach the topic and i'm like "Nah, like no I'm not trying to, like, go back and step in the same pile of shit twice. And uh, I don't know if you guys have this happen to you, but, like, it's been such in my life lately that all these weirdos have been popping up on social media that I literally have not spoken to since they've, like, fucked me over. And they're either asking for forgiveness or just trying to be like, hey, man, I'm just wanted to apologize and I hope everything can be cool again. And I'm like, nah. I just
2: think it's... I think it's a function of people being you know at home with their thoughts a lot now and able to think about stuff they've did uh, maybe they came across you doing something really fun and it made them think of a time that you know they should have treated you differently it's fucking
1: frustrating It just sucks because it's like that the weird side effect of it is that i have to go through all those traumas from being their friend and just like rethink about that like oh yeah I, wait,
0: wait, wait 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 you don't have to
1: but you, it do, me to. you do,
0: you yeah. do, but you don't have to. You are going through them again because you haven't let them go in the first place. The, the reality is, well, you probably no, can't forgive these people because, like, it still hurts. You are not over it, even in, you know whatever it is. It's it's it wasn't processed in the first place, so it's still there. It's still as as painful, almost as when it happened.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's probably true, actually. But the thing is, I haven't thought about it. Like, seriously, I don't know if it's a character flaw on my part, but when people fuck me over in such a way. My typical response is they get the knife, that's it, cut off, and they're effectively dead to me.
0: But that doesn't help if if you're still feeling any – if they – them coming back into your life is revealing that you cutting them off didn't heal anything. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't cut them off, but the goal shouldn't be their relationship to you per se. The goal should be your health. And clearly, your health isn't totally there because they're still upsetting. It still bums you out. And the goal should be, how do I get it so that person has no power over me, either good or bad, so that that person, because I can't trust them and I can't trust them not to hurt me, how do I get to a place where they no longer have power over me? Because, you know, I, I funny enough, I think you like more people than I do, but you have a longer list of people who are, like, dead to you, you know? you know there are some people who are dead to me who like I forget they even exist you know there's a few people who like we you know that I'm like they're gone they're like actually gone but there are other people who like I might say are dead to me but I swear to God as soon as I see them on social media or I hear about them I I realize like I'm not over that situation at all and that's like you know that's all that aspect of it how it makes me feel is where it's on me and so if they came back into my life it would be complicated um but the goal should be like if they came back and said yo i'm sorry that you could just be like okay cool because it doesn't matter because it doesn't they don't matter to you anymore they aren't part of your life you know what i'm saying yeah 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 no that's i I,
1: I think it's ideal but i'm not so sure in reality i'd be able to achieve that because things are always left so fucking weird you know what i mean and it's like right like I just don't even want to get into it because it's like, okay, if that's if that's if you stated your position in such a manner that is this, then me going back to do any type of damage control on any type of emotional trauma that this causes me is too much effort to my detriment. So it's hard for me to just be like, because a lot of people have taken some weird advantages in my time, right? right? Which I guess is the same for everybody. But I mean, like, everything from stolen band concepts to, like, just, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I know it's going to fuck you over, but I'm going to do it because that's just what I'm going to do. Like, that kind of, like, carelessness. I'm not trying to entertain any reasons or ways to get around it and deal with it. I'm just ready to be done with it. You know what I'm saying?
0: But if it still affects you, you're not done with it. So, like, the answer might not be letting these people into your life. It probably isn't. But it's showing that you still need to deal with those situations because – if it if it still is affecting you to that level, then you aren't you haven't dealt with it. It's still there. The wound is still there. The, under yeah, the scab, yeah, right. it still hurts. And so, like again, that's not about. The, don't be wrong. There are probably situations that would feel better if instead of cutting them off, you had figured out a way to. You know, work it out. There are also situations where you would feel better if you would cut them off earlier and whatever. But the point shouldn't be how it affects them, right? Maybe you cut Mm. them off. Maybe you don't cut them off. Maybe you just cold shoulder them. Maybe you stay friends, but you have a limit with them or you have some sort of whatever. It doesn't matter. That's not really what I'm concerned about because that's what you can figure out on your own. What I'm concerned about is how do you deal with you so that you don't have to let people have this effect on you? Because it sucks that they've that you have been hurt by these people and it sucks that that still brings up all these emotions in you. And I'm not saying that it's ever going to be perfect. Like chances are with a deep enough, you know, trauma from someone, it's going to affect you in some way forever that you're going to care about it. But I think it can be less than it is. And so I think that's the thing to focus on is like, how do I feel better about this regardless of how I feel about them, now because in a lot of ways you're a different person now and they might be a different person now and that doesn't mean you should be their friend in any way shape or (laughs) form but you do have to acknowledge like they are just not that person and if they are that person jesus christ they got way bigger problems than whatever was going on with the two of you
1: yeah no that's true i will like to say though just for public record right now if you are a person that has fucked me over please don't reach out i'm good Don't worry about it. Y'all guys are cool. I'm cool. It's all good. All right. So that is the end of my whack list. That's what happened to me this week. I like the um, idea that
0: there's a legion of people listening to this podcast who actually are former friends of yours who are like, well, I can't be friends with Josh, but I'll just listen to
2: the podcast. And then <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. no, he's addressing me.
1: You definitely would be surprised is all I'm going to say. I mean, it's I think that, come that Jesus. up.
2: The the fear they have is you're sitting on a couch like Steve Buscemi with like a lipstick crossing out names on your list. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. I just write angry. Little <laughs> I love that songs you just said.
0: And... Did you just say Buscemi?
2: I, I, I gave it a hard K for some reason. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I don't know who's to say that that's incorrect. I'm
2: just saying. Um, I mean, as I a mean, host he, of a I, Steve
0: Buscemi I, podcast, I'll go ahead yeah, and it's say really, it's, it's not wrong. how he
2: says it. So I think yeah, it's definitely wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried, really Andrew. Talked to people in a few weeks, so it's <laughs> take your time words. with it, Andrew. I get it. Take your time with it. Yeah, you're getting your legs <laughs> back <laughs>
1: <laughs> until you get them all chopped up to, on Tuesday. But anyway,
2: that's, that's, that's been my toughest part of all this: like early morning work meetings on Zoom, like Whoa. not oh, having a man. voice yet. Because you know, normally by the time you talk to someone at work, you've at least had a couple conversations before you get there, even if it's like a hello in the elevator. Now I'm going in cold from like, you know, waking up, having a cup of coffee, and then trying to make words happen. It just does not work.
1: (laughs) It's a struggle for all of us, Andrew. It's a struggle, baby. (laughs) That's what it is. All right. So we're going to take a break real quick right now. And when we come back, we're going to discuss two action movies that are available on a little website called Netflix. Uh, We're going to be discussing, (laughs) yeah, never heard of it. Never heard of it. We're going to be discussing Spencer Confidential and extraction after the break. We're back, so here we are about to discuss some made-for-Netflix action flicks.
0: Yeah, I don't. Do, you, do we know if these? So I know these are ne- official Netflix releases, but I don't know if Netflix made these. Both these movies or not because sometimes yeah. I, they I release things they, they didn't make. Did.
2: Yeah, as a, as a star of a recent Netflix series, I think it's a very different. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's talk about that for real quick before we get into (laughs) this discussion. Andrew, Our man Andrew here is an international rock star and legal star. And he's the only person in the Centerpunks network at all that showed up. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. That's not true. (laughs) I got to give up. I got to give the big up to a man's Liam, who ended up in a little movie called Creed. And a little man named Ivo Tomas, who ended up in another movie called Creed 2. Just saying, just saying. Sin <laughs> runs deep in the movies. But Andrew but... was on a TV show on Netflix.
2: Yeah, so it was pretty exciting. Um, Alex Gibney, who um, did the Smartest Man in the Room documentary, filmed a Netflix series called The Innocence Files. It's with uh, the, the production team that does Death Row Stories on HLN. Um, and they might maybe have some like forensic files involvement as well. But they were covering 10 cases throughout the country of wrongfully incarcerated people, and they focused on one of our cases. And the episode that we are in, it's episode seven. It was pretty exciting because it, it was a center city murder in 1992, and it occurred right outside of the First Unitarian Church. So it's a corner that we all know very well. Uh, so I went along for the uh, crime scene ride through at one in the morning when it was like 10 degrees out. And, uh, you know, we mapped out the crime scene with the production team. And then ended up airing. It was pretty exciting. It's gotten great traction. Um, it was, like, trending on Netflix for a while. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of cool for friends and family members to see the work you're doing actually illustrated. Yeah, that's it's pretty one, It's awesome. one thing to tell someone about. It's another thing to have, like, a Oscar-nominated director present it. Is that the one that
1: Ted Passon worked on?
2: No. So, um Ted's production company, All Ages Production, has been filming a documentary or documentary footage in our office for almost three years now. That's and just uh, about
1: Krasner, or is
2: that about the it? Work is about um, change. Uh, sorry, it's uh, criminal justice reform. Generally focused on how it is happening in our office, um, and I don't even think they know what form that's going to appear in. They've mm. shot so many hours of footage that. I mean, they could do anything. They could they could do movies. They could do you know a series. So it'd be pretty exciting to see.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. Good work. Yeah, and you look awesome, man. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you look cool. You look cool on TV. It was it's
2: good. It, it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, getting to know the guy that that um, case is about. His name's Chester Holman. Um, all of these guys. It's really an amazing experience to see. I wouldn't last, you know, 2 days wrongfully incarcerated and most of these guys have gone 20, 30 years. Um, and they're over the anger of it. So it's just it's really amazing to watch their grace in dealing with people, uh, knowing that they have a second chance at life and they're not going to waste it. Wow.
1: That's pretty heavy, man. Pretty heavy. But back to the topic at hand. <laughs>
0: Sick trip. As heavy as dude. that is,
1: I know. I haven't done trans. <laughs> So let's talk about these movies that you picked for us to watch today. We're talking about Spencer Confidential and Extraction.
2: And so uh, uh, earlier, Liam intimated that one of them was better than the other, and I'm pretty sure he's talking about Spencer Confidential.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: Man, that movie was garbage. <laughs> hey, let's,
0: start, let's start there, because I think I, I, it's, it, I'd rather save the one where I at least have more interested in for a second and start with the one that I think all three of us probably thought was was bad but before I make any assumption let's each check in Andrew you think it was garbage Josh how did you feel about Spencer Confidential
1: ah man I mean like for a movie that could have been really fun it was not so much fun I'm gonna say uh I did like seeing my man's Winston Duke in there love that guy not so much into his role not so much into the role that he played yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Uh, Marcus Mark, um, not so much a fan of. Dick. Um, yeah, and uh, I, it was cool seeing Eliza Glazer in there because I'm a fan of her comedy. Agreed. And uh, I
0: think that, but,
2: but, but that accent, oh, terrible! Sweet Jesus! So, so we just watched that um, Ben Affleck Hoosiers movie, the basketball one. Oh yeah. Um, and of course, you know it's a um, not a Boston movie. But it's Ben Affleck, so you expect him to have that fake Boston accent. So when Spencer Confidential started, I'm like waiting for everyone to have like the over the top, you know, like lobster accent. (laughs) Uh, But in this movie, it's only her. It oh, is
0: only man. her. That's partly why it's so confusing. Is because everyone else seems to be from a normal world. And then she's in there like, ah, lobster, blah. And you're like, whoa, yeah, what said. is the deal?
2: <laughs> well, and then at the very end of the movie, it just flashes the word lobster on the screen before they eat it. <laughs> what is that about? It's, it's, okay. it's like the only, um, only heading in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: let's do a quick, uh, for those of you who haven't seen this yet, this is a, I think it'd be fair to say this is a Marky Mark vehicle. Yeah, I'll give you that. In which my man, is uh, he was a cop, a low-level cop, who beats up another cop and goes to jail for it. And so the film shows us a little bit of that. And then it starts with, he's getting out of jail... Um, he's uh, apparently getting attacked by Post Malone, who, by well, the way, that, that's the highlight of the movie. Who, by the way, is the least convincing, what uh, you know, white supremacist, because no Aryan gang would let him have those embarrassing face tattoos. Uh, <laughs> he, they would have to be white power symbols. He could just have like a girl's name in cursive on his cheek or whatever he has. So, anyways, so,
2: so the. Funny part of that scene is though the other guy in the gang, yeah, um, not not the chubby one, the the big strong one, yeah. That's a uh, cowboy Saron, a UFC fighter. Oh, so when he's throwing those kicks, and he's like, "Who throws a kick?" The dude's known for his kicks, right? But it was such like a dumb inside joke that like no one cares about. <laughs> Here, here's the thing: I
0: would have liked that, but I actually think the trope of you know, real men don't kick; they throw punches. Is actually subtly racist, so that kind of <laughs> bumps me out. Because it's what all the all the old white actors used to say whenever there was an Asian man in a film. Because he would oh, try yeah. to kick them, and they he'd go, "Real men don't kick; they punch." And I'd always be like. Uh, that's what someone says when they don't know how to kick properly. <laughs> that's, that's where that comes from. Um, well,
2: that's like the the whole end fight scene in, in this movie. It's oh, just yeah. like an awkward boxing match. Oh, it's
0: so bad. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's get back to saying what the movie's actually fucking yeah. about. So he gets out. He's in theory going to get his life on track and not whatever. But uh, the guy who he beat up back in the day is murdered and someone else he knows is framed for it. And so he can't let it go. And even though he's staying with some random old dude and has a roommate uh, who uh, he doesn't want to train to fight, but he is training to fight, I guess, Um, he starts (laughs) to, like... At first, half-acidly and then eventually obsessively investigate this thing until he uncovers a big conspiracy and all this stuff. Um, we'll probably have spoilers after this, just so as you know. Um, I wouldn't worry about it because you're not missing much, but uh, in case <laughs> you are concerned, uh, we will spoil it. And I will go ahead and say, um, I agree with the way Josh sort of said it, and I, and I want to reiterate, there are the bones to a fun movie here. But there is yeah. a number of things that don't work for me. One is um, the actual filmmaking is incredibly bad, down to the like editing of the cuts. Like there are multiple scenes where uh, a conversation is lasting only a few seconds, and there's like five reaction shots. Like they didn't un- yeah. like all you need is like a shot of Marky Mark, a shot of Winston Duke. We move on, and then there's another cut. And then another cut, and then one more cut, just for good measure. And then all of a sudden, we're in the car, and you're like, "Who edited this movie? Like, <laughs> there's no rhythm to it. Um, it. It, there's never. Despite the huge scope of this conspiracy, there's almost no stakes to the film because yeah. at no point do you care about Marky Mark or his. Loud ex girlfriend, current girlfriend. Um, I, I kind of like Winston Duke's character, but he's not given much to do other than be a punchline and like
2: throw. Well, then, like he orders the salad and tells you his life story, and that's the part you're supposed to care about. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. It's,
0: it's not even a real scene. It has no meat to it. Um, so there's uh, so okay. So the 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 only thing that kind of works is some of the action, and even then, it's only some because the, the there's nothing there for character development. The plot is kind of. Uh, complicated but really it just reminds you of other films you've seen that have the same sorts of things and a lot of the charm of the film is supposed to revolve, revolve around Marky Mark and like I feel like if anyone should be on a, on an effort to repair his re- re- reputation it's Marky Mark like people generally know my man is a, is a jack off like he's just gotten that reputation and so to have a movie where like he's supposed to be a lovable jack off I guess but really it's just the whole thing struck me as like an ego trip this is about making him look cool the whole film is designed for him to be cool and it never worked for me at all so that there's nothing to laugh at there's no cool act it's just there wasn't enough of any of the elements for me to understand why this movie fucking existed other than marking marks like yeah no it's real cool i'm real cool
2: <laughs> so are you familiar at all with the source material because i was not no, There's a source guess, material to this? So there's a series of, like, 70s action movies or maybe a TV show called "Special okay. for Hire.
0: Actually, yes, I did know about this, but I didn't realize this was connected. I thought, there, what is yeah, the connective meat between this and that? I mean, granted, I didn't watch any of those old things, but this didn't uh, yeah, remind me of
2: them. So it is, you know, an odd couple in that how could a white guy and a black guy solve crimes together? Um, the 70s ones were, like, a private detective with his... Um, you know, black mobster partner named Hawk, um, and this is solely just a recreation of that theme of having a white guy and a black guy partner together to solve crimes. That is the sole connection. No and their, shit. And, and, their, and their character names because it's Spencer and Hawk. So I'll tell you one, one thing about the movie that uh, one thing about the movie that drove me totally nuts. Um, the second they show that big truck that with like the don't touch sign that's called Black Betty, I am just waiting for them to play that stupid ass song. Oh and then at God. the end of the movie when the truck starts like burying down the waste track, I'm just waiting for that dumb like and it just never happens. And I'm a little disappointed by that.
0: <laughs> uh, you
2: can't set okay that joke up and then take it away from me.
1: Oh man. The whole truck thing. What the shit, man.
2: But how about that um Mark Marin's sole part is just to like explain the plot to you because they didn't? yeah yeah he's a reporter that lives on a boat but he doesn't actually have a job because they fired him but like he's here to expose the entire story
0: he is one of a few people cast in this film that almost feels like stunt casting in the sense of like well this will make it better that this person is in it you know and all of them just look worse for having been in this film no one is winning me over by their role in this movie and it's such a bummer Again, because I think there is a skeleton of something good here, but it just is yeah. obscured completely,
1: like Bokeem Woodbine being in there. I love Bakeem Woodbine, I loved him in Queen and Slim. I've loved him like for very long time at this point, And seeing him in this movie just he, playing kind of like Fargo, yeah, 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 yeah. but uh, him in this movie is just kind of like a you know just the bad guy, black guy kind of thing, and it's like, ah oh, man, well and
2: why was he the ringleader? because of all of those people you have like the captains involved in the conspiracy a couple different sergeants like why is he the why is he in charge yeah they never explain it not my favorite not
0: I mean my the, favorite. I there's a lot of details to the film that don't feel like they were thought out very well or they feel like dumb psych eggs there's just not nothing seems like insightful we're just sort of and I get I get maybe that's the issue here right is that It's like uh, Charlie's Angels or whatever, where it's like you're supposed to be moved along by your nostalgia for the source. But all three of us didn't know what the fuck it was. Like (laughs) none of us knew. And there's not enough there. Like uh, my guess is you couldn't watch a Charlie's Angels and not figure out, oh, this is based on something else. But there was, to me, no clues here of any relationship between this and some other property.
1: I mean, even with Andrew illustrating that there is a connection to other property, it doesn't even... Because, like, I remember Spencer for Hire, but, it. I mean, why would you be like, oh, no, 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 this references a nom... Like, making a movie that's like, oh, this is uh, related to that TV show Moonlighting starring, uh, you know, Bruno, whatever the fuck that... Bruce Willis. (laughs) It's like, nah, man, like, people don't know about that shit now. Why would you do property related to that? You know what I mean? But...
2: I don't know. I, I think I think they must have thought that the name Spencer spelled with like two S's must be enough to indicate that it's like a brand name, not just like a name.
0: Mm. Nah, nah. Can I we didn't that's do the best it? I got. Can we talk about as well? Mark Wahlberg is no longer a believable badass. Like like every moment he's beating people up in this movie feels later Stallone era. I don't believe what's happening right now. <laughs> like, is, is
2: he short or was uh everyone else just that like big uh, he's uh. short it's like it, even next to bokeem woodbine he seems like a little guy hmm.
1: yeah i don't know how about alan arkin though can we talk about that for a minute like having alan arkin in there is pretty funny huh i like that guy But, like, he just loves hot dogs. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, maybe not the most developed of characters, but I was happy to see him. That's his
2: only – he owns a gym and he really likes hot dogs without buns. Like a four-year-old. That's that's his entire character.
0: I mean, I feel like they were like, okay, uh, Mr. Arkin, could you do that character where you don't care about anything and nothing matters to you? And he was like, yeah, of course I could. Funny enough, it's very appropriate right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like he, that and, um, he was as invested in this character As this character was in anything else Yeah
2: I the, would uh, say that The captain I, I always forget the actor's name He exists in movies and TV shows Just to get beat up um, We just started watching The Sopranos For the first time He gets his ass kicked in the first episode um, In that TV show Jericho with Skeet Ulrich He's like the competing mayor of another town Gets his ass beat all the time like, literally, that guy's whole job is just to get beat up.
0: Mm. Hey it's a man.
2: terrible way to be typecast. I think keeps this is the, the lights on. I'm sure.
0: I think this is the kind of movie where someone's going to explain to me that I'm not fun because I don't like it. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and be offended in advance about that because this is a bad movie. There's I mean, not enough charming here to, to win me over over the stuff that sucks.
1: There has to be a suspension of disbelief in order to enjoy these kinds of movies to begin with, which I'm willing to do in certain scenarios. Like, you know, make no mistake, I know that like movies like um, I don't know what movie would you say is in this type of genre? What kind of like like Lucky Number Eleven? Like, I didn't think it was particularly. What clever.
0: a random pull! No one has I'm, thought about Lucky Number Eleven until you just said it in the past decade.
1: But, yeah, but here's the thing, though. It's not the worst movie, and it's one of those movies that I'm capable of enjoying. It's one of those things where you're just like, well, hey, Adam Driver's here. It's cool. And, like, you know, you're just having a time. Like, it's a time. And for what it's worth, for all intents and purposes, it's a fine viewing experience. This movie does not give me that, "Eh, it's a fine viewing experience in that it feels like I'm spinning wheels. It feels like I'm watching this and I'm just like, ah... I'm not able to put myself in the brain space to just kind of enjoy it. It's I, like just, I just I just realized
0: I just realized you said Lucky Number Eleven, but you meant Logan Lucky, which oh, are Logan two Lux, very yeah. different movies.
1: Lucky Number Eleven is the one with the Josh Hartnett, right? Yeah, that the one? yeah, 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 yeah. My bad, my yeah. bad. But case in point, these innocuous movies, were, right? You know,
0: well, like I was white... thinking I want to I want to support you though because the movie I was literally thinking this reminded me of, but it, it was bad. Was Uh, logan lucky like i i think that movie is again not a movie for the ages but pretty well done pretty fun and and inoffensive in every way and 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 where it wins out is charm it's a charming film this movie is uh, about as charming as a dog shit on your front porch like it's not there's nothing about it to pull me in even though i think there are elements that suggest it should be a fun movie
1: Side note: If uh, dog shit on your front porch is a thing that appeals to you, we're not to judge you. We're just we're just using it.
0: That's fair. No, that's just throwing
1: fair. it out. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing. My bad.
0: There. I apologize to all the dog shit fetishists out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely went into this movie being like, "All right, here we go. Let's let's get this done." And uh, by the end of it, I was like. Is this done yet? And you're like, oh, it's only 20 minutes in. <laughs> like, what and then and, and gets left wide open for the sequel. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, please <laughs> no. Please, please no.
0: Well, and for me, I, I went into it, so I definitely watch Extraction first, which I think we can transition into in a sec here. And yeah. uh, I finished Extraction thinking, uh, you know, it's fine. I, I got some complaints, whatever, whatever. Uh, let me watch this other movie. And this movie bummed me out so hard that I was like, you know what, Extraction was pretty good actually. <laughs> if this is where the bar, if this is where the bar is, then Extraction becomes like a, you know, a, you know, four out of five stars by comparison, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like there was an Avenger in both of these movies, so that's cool. Because uh, Winston Duke was in uh, Black Panther as <laughs> <Well, that's, laughs> and-
0: but he's not an Avenger like Thor, though. It's not quite the same, man.
2: Did you guys catch it in that last scene he's wearing, like, a Captain America t-shirt or something?
0: Is he? I didn't even notice.
2: Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> was just like, uh, some cheap reference.
1: Too bummed out by the uh, lobster title card that, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, it's like, I don't get it, man. I mean, like, I know that Liam is the typically not fun one, but I'm not having fun
2: either, so.
0: <laughs> Look, I mean, this is, like, our argument I about mean, it
2: can't be bad. Like, <laughs> it's got to be fun, not just bad.
0: I mean, this is like our argument about um, our argument about ska, right? Like, I, I go on and on about how ska, <laughs> ska is bad from top to bottom, and then you argue that it's not. Only there have to be some bad ska bands, right? Like, even if yeah. you love ska, you're not actually on board for every... I mean, I'm not on board for every band of any genre. And when if your thing is fun, silly action movies, that's great. But if you're going to argue that this is top tier of that, then I'm going to say, well, then fuck it, because this is terrible.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, this is is definitely not uh, the best of bad movies. This is no Starship Troopers. No, no, no. I I will
0: argue Starship Troopers is brilliant.
2: (laughs) I would argue that... That's because you don't celebrate the whole trilogy.
1: I would argue (laughs) that it's surprising that we got this far, and someone mentioned Sky and it wasn't Andrew. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, what it fair, is that's surprising fair. with this particular
2: episode of the Punk. Just saying. I have been listening to a lot of Scott during quarantine. I'm
1: not mad at it. Not even mad a little bit. Just saying.
2: Are you guys familiar with the the Scott Tune Network person on Twitter?
0: Uh, I know I, all about it, but I I wouldn't say familiar. I would say avoiding.
2: They're <laughs> um, they just do really uh, cool one person covers of you know pop songs, but really any songs. Um, but it is just one person in their bedroom doing every single instrument and the way they switch the videos together. It's really cool. I mean, it's not something I would <laughs> listen to all the time, but it's, it's fun. Like cartoon network, but ska, hence the name. Amazing. It's not just a clever name.
1: Noted. Noted.
0: <laughs> so can we, uh, can we transition to talking about, uh, extraction?
1: I think you just did Liam. Let's do it. So, so, so
0: where, 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 uh, uh, what is this movie called again? Spencer Confidential? Where Spencer Confidential yes. is trying to be fun and funny. Extraction is trying not to be that.
1: So, Angie, why don't you give us a brief rundown of what the movie that you chose
2: for us to watch,
1: Extraction,
2: is about. So I, I'm a big fan of movies where the uh, entire plot is the title. <laughs> uh, and our man Thor, uh, the sole plot is that he is sent to extract someone. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other, like, superfluous feelings they put into it and, like, some backstory, but really it's just awesome action of him extracting someone that um, <laughs> is then completely ruined at the end of it.
1: All right, wait, wait. You, you got to tell us what the movie's about, though. I get it. He's got to get
2: <laughs> someone out of something. But, like, what's... So... So, so Okay, go ahead. So I, I struggled with the beginning of the movie because, for some reason, I feel like my subtitles were um, mistimed a little bit. Okay. So, like, s- sometimes... Um, I don't even know what language they speak in Bangladesh. I'm an awful person, but when they were speaking in another language and there were subtitles, I feel like there were a lot more words happening than appeared in the subtitles, and that drove me nuts for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the basic plot is that a young man named Ovi Jr. is kidnapped by a rival drug gang, held in the city. Um, his father, who is imprisoned, refuses to pay the ransom because that would make them look bad. Uh, so instead he hires Chris Hemsworth's extraction team to uh, go get him and then decides to not pay them and sends his own guy to kill the extraction team and bring the kid back, which, um, you know, occurs with mixed results. Mm -hmm. I will say that
1: the own guy that he sends out has suspiciously similar hair to another one of Thor's enemies, Loki. Stop. Stop. He has Loki hair in the movie, stop, man. Stop! He does. It's just, uh, just, uh, just let, a ponytail. I, I think it's. I think
0: it's <laughs> worth noting. He doesn't send him. What's going on here is that he has threatened his number two and says, if if my son isn't returned, yes. I'm yes. going to kill your family. And so the number two knows they can't afford a top-level extraction team. So instead, he's like, I will personally murder the extraction team and get the kid back myself, thus saving the money that we don't have. And I think it's 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 important to note that because the film, though I wouldn't say it necessarily does it great, it does have a theme of like various... Forces sort of playing out against each other uh, above the control of individuals, you know, so it's like this guy doesn't necessarily want to betray this team and murder them all, but he doesn't really see an option and he doesn't see them as people. He's just focused on his family. You know what I mean? Uh, And that's that's what I
2: missed. I thought they had the money and they just didn't want to pay it.
0: Oh no 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 he straight up tells his uh, wife yeah, like we don't have any you know, money
2: can't afford it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Gotcha so yeah I missed I missed that one Yeah
0: well and because in reality there's really only two villains in in in, in the film uh, I mean, they have their henchmen and stuff, but the main villains are the two drug dealers, right? You've got the drug dealer in Bangladesh and the drug dealer in Mumbai. And the drug dealer in Mumbai is in prison and just can't accept the fact that he's broke as shit, which, like, here's a clue that you're not on top anymore, buddy. This dude took yeah. your kid. No one takes the king's kid. They take the guy who they're hoping will go away as kid. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, the the reality here is, like, he can't afford... The ransom, let alone could he, you know what I mean? Like he can't afford any of these stuff, and, and so um, the whole situation is desperate, and it makes you feel even worse for the kid because what future does the kid have? Like how how is he actually going to make it after this?
2: Yeah, he's in private I'll tell school you, though. That's cool. <laughs> about about yeah, it's probably like it's such an impoverished area that there probably aren't other schools. Um, I felt really bad about half an hour into this movie when like kids start getting tossed off of uh, roofs. Oh yeah. I was like, I'm making Liam watch a movie where children get murdered. I feel really bad. <laughs>
0: to be fair, as much as I want to pretend I'm one of those dads, uh, I've watched since I had a child so many movies involving child murder that it's just like, it, it's, almost, it's almost like I sought them out. I feel like I've watched more since than I ever did before. It's such a bummer. And I do, that's I don't... That's
2: to get your frustrations out. No, not at all. I hate it, but 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 I can't help. I just
0: keep choosing things not knowing that that's... I mean, when Zeus is about to have me, I went to the Brooklyn Horror Film Fest and saw that Hagasusa movie in which- a oh, little,
1: about oh, the, oh, the child eating.
0: Woman eats her own child, yeah, and uh, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Anyways, sorry sorry to ruin Hagasusa for people. I guess I should have said spoiler <laughs> on that one. Um, okay, yeah, that part was dark. I mean, here's the thing. So for those people who don't know, this is uh, the Russo brothers. This is the Russo brothers saying, we got to do something outside of Marvel- to prove that we can still make movies. And so we're going to have our man in it, you know, and 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 we're going to uh but we're going to do go dark. And I and I feel like they're really trying to be like, "Look guys, we can be gritty. Look how gritty we are." We just threw a kid off the roof. And yeah. to me it was like, "Don't get me wrong." Again, I'm actually not that sensitive about child murder in films. But that whole scene felt so superfluous to me. Like it's just just like, yeah, oh, I guess he's a mean guy. Okay, cool. Now I know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, he's got these kids cutting off their fingers. Okay, all right. That's tough. It's tough. Uh I don't know, I think the more disturbing child abuse scene was when Thor was like, Do you trust me? And the kid's like, No, he's like, Good and he throws them off, off the roof to onto the other roof when they're running away. They're like, whoa, okay, all right, that's your plan.
2: I get it. I guess that's what you gotta do. Hey man, it so, worked. It worked, yeah, that kid that kid made it. So, well, then you have Hopper going from being like the uh, caring dad on uh, Stranger Things to trying to murder a kid.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that. The weird Hellboy versus Thor thing was a nice crossover to see. I was into that. Um,
2: yeah, I really liked a lot of the fighting, all the kind of like the close quarters, you know, punching the kidney kind of thing.
1: I will say that, you know, what
2: did you think about the fighting sequences in this, Liam? Did, were you into it or,
1: or what? Like, for, for me... I think it was okay. It wasn't as, like, operatic or ballet-esque as, like, a John Wick. You know what I mean? But uh, I thought that it was, at the very least, uh, on par with the typical action fight sequences.
0: I just think the Russos are overrated directors, and these fight sequences are not that different than what you would see in a Marvel movie. They could be a little more brutal, but the Russos just, they don't know how to pull back and show you something really choreographed and not cut so much that after a while it can get confusing as to what's happening. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, there's definitely a lot of cuts so, in the fight sequences, for sure.
2: They just, um, they didn't direct the movie, they just wrote it. Oh, I thought oh, they directed it. Oh. So, okay. I thought they wrote the director. director is um the director is Sam Hargrave. He's um Captain America's stunt double. Wow.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. So still keeping so that he, Marvel he connection.
2: The... Yeah, he does all the fight co- choreography for all the Marvel movies. Well, that might explain uh,
0: why this is not as strong as it could be.
2: Huh. And there's a really cool like little featurette you can watch online about how they filmed the uh that one-shot chase scene towards the beginning, sure. like half an hour in. Yeah. Um Where he strapped himself to the front of one of the chase cars with a camera, and he actually like filmed it. Wow! While they're like racing around the streets, that that scene where he's got to like back up and they're like yelling like take a left here, he is strapped to a car filming the entire thing. I gotta say that sequence was pretty fun. I enjoyed that. Oh,
0: I would I would say the thing to keep in mind here is I actually think the action, so the shooting. And the car chases—that stuff was pretty good. But once you got down to like fist fights, it, it was medium. Most of it was pretty good, but whenever you're up close, there's a, there's a few too many cuts and a few too many um, tight angles that don't let you see the fullness of the action. And uh, I, you know, in the, our current yeah, p- action market, part
2: of what I liked about the fist fights—they—they they were all such like um, broken people and so injured that like by the end of the movie when they're fighting. Like they really have to move that slow because right. like, everything in their body is just broken.
0: <laughs> I just, uh, you know, when 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 you have things like the raid out there, uh, yeah. w- uh, you know, or day for night, or a few other things like there, there, there's so many solid stuff coming out of Asia that this movie doesn't quite stack up. But compared to say to some of the more cartoony action films like your uh, Hobbs and Shaw's, uh, I'll take this over that any day. Great film. Stop. Uh, I'm going to
1: categorically disagree with you on that one. Uh, I think yeah, I yeah.
0: think the I think the action in this movie uh, is embarrassing for Hobbs and Shaw and the last two uh, Fast and Furious films. Hmm.
1: Spoken like a true hater. I'm just but saying,
0: five and six are great, <laughs> but after that, we're starting to go back downhill again. Um, <laughs> I just think I you know, I just think the action was pretty good in this. Um, I just you know, the the only part was a little lacking is I just think the filming on some of the fight scenes it's a little too tight and it's a little too cutty. I think if you pull back and let things play out a little bit better, like in war, that scene that was yeah. the full cut of the room when he's fighting the drug dealers, there were the some beginning. Yeah, there were some cuts, but mostly it was, like, pulled back so you could see all the action. I just think that's where we're at, man, is, like, let the actors uh, and the stunt doubles uh, stretch themselves a little bit and really get into it. Uh, You don't have to be cutting every few seconds like that. You know. That being said, overall, I think the action worked. I think where the film didn't quite engage me all the way is, like, you know, letting us know right away that this is about another, like sad, sacrificial man. Like, this is such a theme in action films. It's like, this man is beautiful and sad, and he can only find redemption if he dies for something important. And that's, like, such a theme in these kind of movies that having yet another one was, like, a little bit of a bummer to me. I get it would have been a little bit corny for him to get out of this situation, because they really make it so he's got to die, right? Like, there's no way to get out of there in a believable way.
2: I'm not so sure he dies, though. yeah, that, that's what that's what ruins the movie for me. Yeah, that he's sitting so, at the um, pool.
0: Oh, Finger kid. Yes, like, yes, 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 yes.
2: Finger kid looks over, does not see the body, and then when Ovi comes out of the pool, there's like a white guy watching him, and like they don't zoom in, but it's the, suggestion the, hang hang the suggestion is that he's the suggestion is that he made it.
0: Yeah, I totally yeah. did not notice that.
1: Yeah. I don't know. One of the things that really bummed me out about this movie was the whole white Messiah thing again, too. Right. Right. Where it's like, you've got these Brown people. and like, who's going to save the Brown child. Well, call the white guy in, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, I mean, like, I don't know. I wouldn't say that that's a theme in these kinds of movies. Like you would about this, like this tortured, like, you know, anti-hero kind of thing. But it's a thing that in 2020, I can't help but see when it happens. right? Right. Like it's, It's in my eyes. And uh, having seen War recently for two episodes ago and then going into this, it definitely took a lot of the spark away from the action sequences. Yeah. But also, it's like, yo, man, like, I don't know. I get it. Chris Hemsworth is probably good what he did. But come on, man. That's it? That's what you got for me? You got (laughs) Thor? I don't know. One of those, it, it definitely made me feel some kind of way as I'm watching it, just being like watching him just like run through armies of all these like brown people, except for the one other brown guy that then becomes his friend. You know what I mean? And that was the same thing with Winston Duke and in um, Spencer Confidential. You got this like yeah. brown dude who very clearly can probably pop Marky Mark like a pimple and he's like just running second banana to this other white dude and it's just like, ah oh
2: man, like I know. I will. So did you guys notice uh, in the action scenes in this, a lot of the cops had like face shields on? Uh, yeah, and it made, I did think, notice that as well. Not, I was wondering if maybe they just couldn't find that many, uh, you know, Indian or Bangladeshi extras to or stuntmen to do those parts. So they oh yeah, really yeah, the yeah. Person all the time. They just kept putting helmets on them. Yeah, I'm
0: I sure my, that's part of it.
2: My
1: thought was that they did it just because, like, there is a lot of killing in this movie, and if it ever gets to the point where given that Thor is not doing this on behalf of a government of any type of like patriotic endeavor, he's just killing people to save this kid who's the, you know, drug dealer kid or whatever. Like they are like, you know, if you put the mask on him, it doesn't feel so much like they're killing people (laughs) that are just working probably for minimal wage, just trying to survive in Bangladesh. Well, I do.
0: I I mean, I do think that's the failure of a lot of these movies is it's like, all that matters is the violence, right? Like that he, he, the only thing he could possibly do to get himself out of the situation is just to be the best at killing there is. He doesn't really, in a lot of these movies, the,
2: the,
0: there's no insight. There's no trick. There's no wisdom. There's no wit that one could have. You just have to get better and better at killing and maybe better at dying. Although apparently he didn't die, which I didn't even realize. So um, it's you know there's a limit to how appealing that is for me um and if it's if it that's what it's going to be is like look all that matters is that our man just keeps suffering but also <laughs> killing he must suffer but he must also kill on and on forever and ever then at least make it like a little more engaging and the two ways i could find it more engaging is like some sense of humor and this film has no sense of humor whatsoever uh or um or like get even more Uh, in depth with the with the fighting such that i'm really impressed and i just think there's a limit maybe to what hemsworth can do because he does a lot of cool stuff in this movie but it's just not quite at the level that so many martial arts films have taken the medium to this like whole other place you know
2: yeah i would totally there there was there was the one absurd attempted humor um after he fights like all the kids in the alley outside the van and he calls them the goonies from hell it was, like, the most unearned joke ever. <sighs> Saying
1: it now is like, a lot funnier than what it was in the movie, I'm just going like to
2: say. Ki- like, you just had to kill a bunch of children, uh, and, like, you think to make a joke about it when you make no other jokes the entire movie.
1: Yeah, a bit of a monkey wrench in there, I'd imagine.
2: Just, like, just get, get it in, dog. Like, hey, look at these kids I just stabbed, hey. <laughs> It's
1: hilarious. Uh, yeah. But, again, uh, this movie I did not enjoy so much either.
0: <laughs> so you didn't like this one at all. I thought we were ju- going to be like, one is okay and one is bad. But you you, you had no fun with this.
1: No. I, again, it was just fine. I mean, like, this was... As, as Spencer Confidential was unmemorable to the point of, like, well, whatever, this was again like the way they film things especially when they film stuff in these like third world situations with like the yellow filter that is on throughout most of the movie it just leads into this weird like it just it it paints a picture that I don't believe is real and it paints a picture that just seems very uh, I don't really know how to say it it doesn't seem like it does justice to what I would imagine these cities would be like Right? Like it it feels like it makes it look poorer. (laughs) I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a certain investment in seeing these places as not places where people live a whole lot. You know, like um, even the scenes where he's running through the folks homes like how many of yeah. these people caught a bullet like if there's a shooting in south well, philly no, but- somebody probably <laughs> caught a bullet let alone he's fighting a whole army in this apartment building and, and the folks exist it seems like only as visual gags as he's running through their space
2: yeah yeah agree that's what it's like well like you know i'm sure those like then those aren't concrete walls they're like you know dirt basically and they are <laughs> shooting bullets everywhere like rifles yeah it's yeah.
0: it's and, and I also don't understand how if this was okay if you set this movie in America right and Hemsworth is just running through shooting cops even if we think the cops are dirty like Americans would lose their shit it's really because they're in Bangladesh so there's some separation of like well Bangladeshi cops would be not trustworthy or something you know what I mean like the, the, it's it, it, it I think there's a certain callousness to what's going on and again. I'm not necessarily above that. Like, let me be clear. I'm not so moral that I'm like, I don't know, a a movie with a lot of dead cops is like a bad idea to me. I'm like, yeah, man, kill them cops. But the issue I think (laughs) is that um, this feels like a rah-rah, again, there's like a rah-rah uber-masculineness here that isn't as brutal as I need it to be for me to understand why I'm watching it. It just feels like, I don't know. I feel like it starts to slip into a bit of like a hero worship movie and I thought the whole point was that this guy wasn't a hero. You know, he was an anti-hero. Yeah. And yet it we kind of end up like, I don't know, jerking off to him a little bit at the end.
2: How about the fact that his name is Tyler Rake and within like 20 minutes he kills someone with a rake? Stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
0: uh, okay, so I I Josh, I understand what you're saying. I Was a little less sensitive about it with this one. I kind of went in thinking Andrew picked two Netflix movies, these are going to be bad. Um, And then one of them I felt like is embarrassing. Like I, I, just think Spencer Confidential is an embarrassing film. The fact that it exists is like a, 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 <laughs> a red mark. Whereas,
2: ext- you know, in retrospect, I really wish I had chosen Stuber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Stuber
0: might be better. I don't know because I haven't seen yeah. it, but it might be. Um, where, with Extraction, I just don't think it quite succeeds at what it's trying to do. And um, and I think that when it, if we're going to go with modern gritty action, they're just they're better. They're just better ones. So it's just not as good. But it didn't bum me out. I wasn't offended in the way of like, Spencer's like, it's it's crazy that money got spent to make that thing. But with this movie, it's just like, yeah, it's okay. There's fun parts. I enjoy it. I don't think Hemsworth is actually charismatic enough to carry this movie. I don't think the action was enough to justify the runtime, which is a little long. Um, they and I both think,
1: seemed a little long to me, actually. They yeah. both seemed like, wow, we're at two hours with each of these. Is a lot. Yeah.
0: And, I, and I also think like to your concerns, I do think it's weird it would have made more sense for him to have allies in that world that were from that world earlier than he does, because it does yeah. sort of seem like white man in danger uh, running through the brown town, killing all the brown <laughs> folks. It's a little bit iffy, I think. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's bad. And I do think like, you know, our other guy gets to shine. Like I, I do think there's some good moments for him as well. So it, I don't think it's a total red mark, but I do think it's like a weird decision to make. And it, it could have been easily figured out if he just had a friend. There's just <laughs> one. Cause he has a friend in Bangladesh, right? Like randomly, yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. someone there. Yeah, tol- it just totally gotta makes be. totally sense that
1: Hopper's hanging out there, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The, like the only other white guy in the movie is his friend. <laughs> like, wait, what?
2: And his, okay. well, how about, how about the fact that, you know, we can tell white people apart in the movie, but, um, the saju uh, has to have long hair, so you can tell him apart from all the other brown people. Yeah, right. He's
0: got to he's got to visually look different in some way for you to even know who he. You know, and then the the only other people we see are all sort of. I mean, his family, Sachi's family, is obviously, you feel sympathy for them. But, you know, a lot of the other folks are all presented as negative. And even the little kids, like, you feel bad when they're on the roof, but then they turn out to be, like, trying to kill our man Chris Hemsworth. It's just, all you need, again, I'm not even trying to make it out like a huge issue, but just a few more sympathetic characters would have been been helpful, I think.
1: Yeah, and as we talk through it, more of it becomes very apparent to me. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah you know like necktie pull
2: like that's where i'm feeling right well now. i think i think but how how about the um ba- the bangladeshi captain lou albano that was throwing the kids off the roof? <laughs> yeah yeah it was so good yeah yeah
1: yeah rocket from the crypt everywhere i loved it so <laughs> it's
2: pretty good
0: i think at this yeah. i think too like um um i don't think this is an issue of like Oh, these people are monsters, and this is a piece of like white power propaganda. You know, we're not going crazy with it. The the question is just, no one stopped to say, "Hey, guys, it'd be helpful if we had a couple more sympathetic uh, characters from the place instead of making it feel like, uh, you know, a stranger in a strange land sort of sort of vibe. Let's at least have a couple of people who live there who are like." examples of humanity so we feel a little bit of sympathy for this place instead of thinking like oh everyone's monsters it's a lost among the brown monster it's just like you know it's uh, it's just it's not a i don't even think it's an intentional thing i think it's a lack of sensitivity that if someone had been in a room to say hey guys we should just do one or two things to make this seem less bad that would have been enough and i think it would have been effective
1: yeah i agree i agree
0: that being said, I didn't hate it, hate it. it. There's some fun parts in this. There are some really badass fun parts. It's just not enough to justify the rest of the movie, which is kind of like, for me, a little bit boring. But it's not bad. It's certainly a million miles to me better than Spencer Confidential, which is a crime against movies. <laughs>
1: I will say <laughs> uh, it was a lot more fun than watching Beanpole. That's that's my final
2: verdict. <laughs> <break. laughs> Be- Beanpole?
1: yeah the the movies we did for the last episode were total bummers so by comparison this was a fucking riot at a yeah, time. <laughs> yeah I don't. i don't really do dramas yeah yeah with, yeah 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 uh
0: well hey andrew thanks for coming on man
1: yeah no, it's been a lot of fun i love you so much andrew it's so happy that we finally got to do an
2: episode with just you on it you know what i'm saying yeah, hundredth episode was a lot of fun, but you know, having to share the mic with Justin Lore can be a little stressful. He's a little, he's a little grabby.
0: <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I also I also <laughs> want to say that um, uh, we should have you on again to talk about some real deep cut sequels, just some real bargain bin at Target sequels that
2: uh, oh. would be a lot of fun. I think. I'm also ready. Yeah, so the, I'm ready to do the Star Trek just, talk with you too, Andrew. I did. I did love Picard, but that's a TV show. Hey, I will. Listen, um, you'd be the one directing yeah, so the, the train. The problem with doing the sequel thing is you got to watch the original also. Like it'd be cool to do all five substitute movies. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but like, Jesus we're talking about a ten-hour commitment here, guys. I
1: don't know, man. We
2: got nothing but time at this point, so I'm I
0: don't. I it. barely have any time. Yeah, I, I don't know. know what you're talking <laughs> about.
1: That's totally not true either. I'm totally still working
2: forty hours a week, so you know. I also have. A, I also have a feeling these movies only exist on like. like bargain basement dvds Mm. like the ones that had widescreen on one side and standard on the other those are great those are great like these are not available for streaming (laughs) (laughs) all right
0: we could find them we could find them anyways we have ways andrew thanks for coming on we really appreciate it uh uh, obviously you want to plug cross keys because y'all's band is really great and everyone should be (laughs) checking you out all the time but is there anything else you want to talk about
1: yeah, big ups um, to uh, Andrew setting up or uh, helping with the Black Shirts music charity. You want to talk about that real yeah.
2: quick? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, an old buddy of mine that helped me put out my band in college's, uh, you know, first full length uh, has a label called Black Shirt Music where he put out a Western Live record and he reissued a Digger record on vinyl. Um, came to me and said he wanted to do a benefit for Doctors Without Borders um, and asked if I knew of any bands other than us that would want to participate. And, um, you know, I found our crew. We got Fire in the Radio and American Television doing it. Um, but my man reached out to uh, Sam I Am and got them to participate. So if you go to blackshirtmusic.com, uh, there's shirts from Weston, Digger, Sam I Am, uh, Cross Keys, American Television, Fire in the Radio. They're 25 bucks, but 5 bucks of each shirt goes to Doctors Without Borders. Uh, the designs are exclusive. They're pretty cool. Uh, he's got a second round coming out, too, that's like, I'm kind of jealous for not part of the second round because it's that much bigger. Um, but whole whole thing's doing really well, and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm really proud of him for putting that together.
1: They've already raised uh, six hundred and forty dollars. Not all black shirts. Yeah, no.
2: Um, ours is navy blue. I think Fire in the Radio is orange. It's just a clever name <laughs> for a record label.
1: Yeah, six hundred and forty bucks. Right, that's how much they raised in the first round.
2: So that's all I got.
1: That's that's what I
2: is that what I'm correct in understanding, Andrew? um he sold as like yesterday 125 or so t-shirts but that's all the bands together Mm. um so definitely like we gotta get our numbers up we gotta we gotta move a few more (laughs) but uh i mean it's got your face on it so i'm surprised they're not flying off the shelf yeah yeah people are
1: returning them are paying not to wear them it's really cool
2: (laughs) (laughs) they're asking for a censored version yeah 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 they're like we need one with a black bar across these uh slanty eyes But, uh, but it's the closest someone else is ever going to get to wearing one of Grace's shirts for you. Amen. There you go. So you better get in on that listening public.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being a part of this and for doing that good work. I am, uh, I don't know. I'm really proud that you guys are using your band to accomplish something good in the world. Um, although, you know, the records are good too, but this is also good. (laughs) um, uh, but I also want to encourage everyone listening uh, to go ahead and check out Crosskeys on Bandcamp. Maybe uh, go order a T-shirt from this. Uh, but also, uh, if they have any records left, go ahead and order a record and just support y'all's uh, creative efforts because I really believe in it. So um, I also want to thank you for listening.
2: No, oh, thank you for thank you for putting out good content. Oh, th- whatever. I'm sure.
0: Um, <laughs> if you did like this episode, though, please go ahead and rate, review, subscribe. Uh, on whatever uh, device you are listening to this, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is, whatever podcatcher of choice you have, go ahead and, and throw us a, a like and, and a subscription. Um, also, feel free to check out our Patreon. where We have a bunch of stuff available for you. I'm not going to say we're going to have more, but we will. Dang it, I did it anyway. <laughs> you um, did it. But go ahead to Cinepumps.com to check out some of our other shows, uh, Evil Eye, Horror Business, Fat Girl Hacks, Uh, Weird, Obscure, Possibly Unsafe, Black Sun Dispatches, Tomb of Ideas. Wine and Cheese. Wine and Cheese, thank you. Uh, All of them great shows, and we have some new shows coming very soon. Uh, so, feel free to to uh, go to the website, check that out. Follow us on social media Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all Cinepunks, C I N E P O N X. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Liam Rules, R U L Z. You can follow Josh on Twitter at uh, Pogi Fatboy. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just feel free to even shoot us an email if you have something you want to, us to talk about, if you want to comment on an episode, whatever it is. We're just Cinepunks at Gmail uh yeah so that's it andrew thanks for being on thanks everyone for listening Uh, let's wrap it up
1: and we will talk to you guys soon thank you so much and smoke bomb do you
0: like spooky movies hair raising tales insightful criticism
1: judgmental hot
0: takes then you're gonna love car business the horror podcast and the cinepunks podcast network dedicated to all things weird and spooky my name is Leo Donald. And I'm Justin Lore. And every episode, we're going to tear apart your favorite and not so favorite horror movies to get to the bottom of what makes these movies great or maybe not great. <laughs> Whether it's The Beyond, Prince of Darkness, or Inseminoid, we dive in on a double feature every episode, and then we talk about it. Some of our insights are great, and sometimes we just complain. So if we have to suffer through it, so do you. Horror Business, available anywhere you find fine podcast products. <laughs>